Here comes another episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. My name is John. And uh, today, John, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to try to change it up a little bit. We're going to throw down the old number three, right? Is that the change up? That's the change up. Change up. Change up inside. Inside. Okay. Sorry. You're right. You guys, uh, we're not going to tell you what's different, but we're just Uh we're going to run the episode and uh, we'll see if anybody picks up. Yes. We're we're going to we're going to let it uh, let it fly for a little bit, as they say. Let it fly. Uh, well, John, tell me, uh, as we get into this, tell me how your week was this past week. Uh, week was good. Uh, super busy. Had a bunch of gigs with Joe. Um, we got a few weddings coming up here in the in the coming months in June, and, and just uh, really super excited about some of the shows that we get to play this summer and mm-hmm. some of the things that are coming in. You know, church on Sunday. Um you know, been working on um, my Ben Rue songs for mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. gig coming up in July for him. And, and you uh, told me that you got some some dates added for that. Too. Uh, yeah, I'm going back out in August with Ben Rue uh, to do a few shows out there in August. So just prepping that, you know, um, daily, and uh, you're just doing my thing, man. What about yourself, my good sir? Very cool. Uh, same for me. I'm I'm week over week sometimes day over day very thankful mm. i'm playing with with you and joe hall and we're you thankful guys are, to have you man you guys are keeping me busy and i needed it yeah i needed it in a time yeah. uh you know i think i've shared the story but in a time in my life where music was getting not necessarily gray but mm-hmm. i didn't feel like i had a, a direction sure it definitely turned me around so yeah, this this year has been inspiring and thankful for yeah sure. for sure and i'm glad that everything worked out the way it did because it's been super super awesome having you in the fold so yeah, man, it's uh, it's been amazing. Uh, other than than the the Joe Hall um, stuff, obviously church. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a broken record, which yeah. is which is awesome. You yeah, know, you, it's good. Church good becomes thing, like the staple. You know, yeah. I mean? like you can lean, lean on it. You it's, really it's can, nice. uh, especially nowadays. It's a big, it's a big production. You know, um, praise and worship music, man. It's a, it's just as um, I would say um, in demand as. A cover band or playing for an artist mm-hmm. you know it's churches are trying to bring in the utes yeah. as they say the and and that's what you do to bring in the utes that you mm-hmm. praise and worship music it's a big deal it is a big deal um well you know we teased on i believe the not the last episode but the one before that yes that we were going to talk about game of thrones that's correct that's correct. Um, we did not do that on the previous episode no, because we, of some timing things. Right, correct. We didn't want to, um, yeah, you know, jump the shark with with timing and all that stuff. But now it has come to pass. Yes, it is time. Um, so this episode, obviously, it's today is June third. So uh, we are, you know, we're we're two weeks past um, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Airing their final season, the Swan, the Swan, the Swan Song episode, and um, there are a lot of disappointed people. Yeah, I, I would, I would put myself in that category. I was about to say, I think that we fit in that category, maybe a little differently. Yeah, because you know, obviously, John and I have, have discussed this. Um, I have some some positive things to say, obviously, some negative things to say, but um, the the text message I got from John at the end of. Episode six, <laughs> literally read. Uh, how was it? Oh, yeah, the exact wording of it. Uh, uh, it was. It was uh, I might have said it was hot garbage. Hot garbage or <laughs> something yeah. to the effect. Like Total that. letdown yeah. or you know, it's, it definitely was. Uh, it was la- short and sweet. I, I lol'd. Yeah, as the kids say. <laughs> it was um, short and sweet. It definitely was short and sweet. And uh, I read the message, and you know, it was kind of blurry eyed and went to bed and yeah. was just trying to process the episode. So yeah. now that we've had time to process it, so yes. tell me tell me some of your insights. Well, uh, just to give a brief synopsis on my opinion of the last episode, I just really felt like um, it was just, um, it's like a Thanksgiving meal that the food is on the table and it looks all good, but it's like when you go to cut it, it's like odd, like cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Yeah. It was like like Clark Griswold exactly cutting into that turkey exactly dude. Okay. So all of this character build up, all of this 
these things that they've built up and and arced mm-hmm. uh, the characters into. It just didn't deliver on some of those things, right? Um, you know, I know them running out of source material, um, being that they had run out of material from the books that they were pulling from. They were just kind of going on a wing and a prayer at that point. They yeah. were taking liberties to mm-hmm. kind of... At some point, they deviated. Yeah. Uh, there was probably plenty of stuff for them to work with. Sure, sure. Um, but I just felt like it was... They didn't really deliver on a lot of the stuff that they built up towards. Mm-hmm. Um, I was totally okay with um, Daenerys getting yeah. killed yeah. because I saw that coming. And she died in a... Fitting way, right? Like what other I way just, would she have died? The only thing that ticked me off, uh, not really ticked me off, but it just didn't make any sense. Um, you build up Jon Snow, mm-hmm. you make him all, you know, he's he's this, that, and, and the third, the good guy, the right? good guy, the good guy, the true heir, and we all thought, and the good you guy send was him out win. to the woods. Yeah, he went out in the woods. So we all thought the good guy was going to win, right? right? The good guy's going to win, not the bad guy, not right. the, the guy you didn't. Because finally, you know, Game of Thrones and kudos to Game of Thrones for, you know, uh, sometimes the good guys don't win, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the bad guys actually prevail. Yeah, and I thought that they did a good job of letting that uh, means play out by letting the bad guy win in certain seasons, certain episodes. Mm-hmm. But they had built up this all of these bad things that happened to the Starks mm-hmm. you just kind of felt like as the seasons progressed like they're going to get theirs right right they're going to be sitting on that iron one of them right is going to be on that iron throne right and as stuff started to unfold it's obviously Jon Snow who's the the main he's the dude right he's but what, the, the underlying theme throughout is he did not want it he, he did, did not, not want, want it. it he did not want it yeah so I th- think it's interesting that um they kind of played with us a little bit the writers played yeah. with us there a little bit because even though he didn't want it it almost seemed inevitable that he would have right. to take it right you know, like, and, and i think that's one of the one of the uh, the main themes of that show is it doesn't matter what you want mm-hmm. it's about what you deserve right or right? what's right for the kingdom or what's right for the air, kingdom. little air quotes here kingdom kingdom right? the, the seven kingdoms and the seven <laughs> kingdoms if you will um so that just seemed like that shouldn't have been an option for Jon Snow. Right. It's like, yeah, you can have that play out and all that stuff, but it just seems like it would have been more effective for him to be the true heir. Right. And him almost being um, a blessing and a curse. You know, it's a well, blessing for the realms because they'd have a honest true good guy that's ruling mm-hmm. but juxtaposed with somebody who's just miserable because that's not what they want to do right to me that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. you know well um, i think the political part of it is what yeah what plays into it so yeah, you've got totally you've got all of the unsullied yeah that you know you killed our you killed our queen right so john snow must pay right you, right no, no, nothing goes without some kind of punishment sure so the writers got creative there too like there must be a punishment yeah and what they probably did, which we, we don't even know now, we may not know for years to come, is is probably branch the story in a path that you could build on anywhere. You know, like sending him out in the woods could be really great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, now that I've had a couple of weeks to process, um, you know, kind of why they did what they did, I think that's exactly what they did, is they're trying to, they're thinking about spinoffs, mm-hmm. right? If you put Jon Snow or whatever Aegon Targaryen is his real name, right? Right. Whatever. I'm, he's Jon Snow to me. You put him on the Iron Throne, Iron Throne. then what? Right. Right? He's going to be a fair and just ruler, so there's right. not going to... It's not much of a story going forward. Exactly. As right. opposed to you put him off in the woods beyond the wall. Right. There's a story. Right. Right? What happens? Because obviously, you know, we don't... They don't really... Um, tell you a whole lot about what's beyond that wall, right? Other than the the, you know, the the wildlings that live out there, but what's beyond that? What's beyond the wall? What's and west of Westeros? Exactly, which mm-hmm. ties into what Arya did. Which right. kind of, I was okay with with her yep. doing that because 
everybody was dead that was on her list. She right. killed everybody. Right. And she's right. never been happy with being still and yeah. she's not going to rule. So she's going to explore. You can totally see Arya Stark, Jon Snow, their stories eventually coming back together. Right? Right. I mean, makes sense that it would. He explores somewhere, she explored somewhere. Right. Maybe she discovers there's a whole brand new threat beyond what they know on their maps. Right. And she comes back to say, hey, yeah. we got a bigger problem than the White Walkers. Yeah. That's right? exciting. That could be super awesome. So, But I just think in, in a nutshell, it just seemed like it was just so thrown together. Mm-hmm. Well, I've read some articles, nothing that confirms this, uh-huh. but that HBO... Because of the prequel they're working on, right. because of the second spinoff, whatever that's going to be, mm-hmm. the writers were under pressure to button up these this story, right? And they had to do it in a, obviously a big cinematic way, which they did. Yeah. Um, but you know they're they're pressured, and at the end of the day, DB Weiss and um, what's the other David, guy's name? David Benahoff. Thank you. These two guys, like they're under a lot of pressure and they've got a job. Yeah, to listen, do, I know? mean, they're not immune to that stuff. I mean, right. these guys at HBO, I mean, this is, we're talking about a multi-million dollar yeah. show here. Yeah. That's got their, you know, when you've got the suits and ties from, mm-hmm. from HBO saying, Hey, if you want to continue to earn a check from HBO, right. Here's what we need you to do. Yeah. We need to finish this up. Right. So you, you know, you're not going to please everybody all the time. So I get that. I just wish that, um, I think it would have been better had they, um, done a few more episodes. Mm -hmm. Just a couple. I think six was just not enough. Yeah. Even though if we look at that number in previous seasons, those episodes were shorter. Right. Right. So it technically may have worked out to eight, Mm -hmm. you know, episodes. Um, but they wouldn't have been as, as grandiose, right? That, you know, especially right. The, the, the epic battles that took place. I mean, you know, um, one of the best Game of Thrones episodes was the second to last one for sure. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. That was probably, you know, that Battle of the Bastards and the Red Wedding. Yep. probably are my three. Those are the holy trinity of Game of Thrones episodes. I mean, those were, those are like standalone movie, yeah, type type episodes. Yeah, so. You know, I feel like I was satisfied at, after reflecting, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wish they would have gave us a couple more episodes. I think people would have, if you gave us a couple more, if it was eight. Yeah. And they did the ending the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I think everybody probably would have swallowed it a little easier. Yeah, probably. But... You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you're always going to have the, the, the nerds out there. That are just, you know, they're like Star Wars nerds. Oh, yeah. You know. They're going to pick it apart. They're going to pick it yeah. apart. It's, you can't please everybody, For right? Sure. For sure. So I think that um, ultimately it was, for me, um, it was one of the best TV series I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was worth my time invested into it, you know, yeah. um, on the, on the grand scheme of things. So. Yeah. You know, really excited to see some of the spinoffs and kind of see where it goes. And well, I read some other stuff, not to disappoint you or you know burst your bubble. Don't but, you do it? But the uh, the 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 prequel, as it were, could potentially be about Dragonstone in its heyday, uh-huh. three hundred years, five hundred years, and it whatever it happens right. to be. But we may not see any of that till twenty twenty, right. late twenty twenty, mm-hmm. early twenty twenty one. Yep, who knows? So. Anyway, that's our uh, that's our take on Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's uh, our little Game of Thrones. It was uh, a um, op ed, if you will. Um, it was fun. It, yeah, it was it was, it was, it was fun. Really fun. Um, definitely left a little to be desired. Mm-hmm. Um, the the final season um, definitely wasn't as bad as The Sopranos. Yeah. Um, definitely wasn't the best either. Yeah. It was just kind of. Is I it was I yeah closed out the stories yeah yeah you know it it it, it, it was was it it was what it is and it is what it is whatever it's called but you know that's our take that's our take well John John you you know you you have a story that you could tell um, that we need a segue to so 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 in previous episodes Uh we've been doing um, you know gear we like sure or gear we use or picks of the week yes. 
and you've talked about your Line 6 gear, your love of Line 6 oh, gear, yes. especially the HX product. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so one thing we, we really discussed, whether we should talk about this or not, mm-hmm. because I know there's going to be some, probably some, some dancing around. A little gray area, little gray if you will. <laughs> um, I'll set you up. Okay. So, so John has uh, plenty of Line 6 HX products. Yeah, I have now. the HX Stomp and the HX Effects. Right. And the stomp is the is the big daddy, right? Yeah, the stomp right. is kind of is the the their newest uh, in the HX line of products. It's basically a scaled down helix, and the helix is the full big flagship with all the buttons and knobs and yeah, all that stuff. So the HX stomp is just the exact same thing in a, as the helix, but in a tiny tiny footprint. So um, made the switch to those, and it's been. Quite a quite a journey. It's been quite a journey. Quite and a I'll journey. give you a little bit of background, like John and I, you know, being on the road together for for several years. John John had a, an elaborate pedal board. Yeah, it was um, big. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had like the pedal train set up and all yeah, that. Yeah, had a big was... pedal train pro and you know the big boy and um, had a, um, a an effects switcher that I had all my pedals um, plugged into so I could turn on any number of pedals on and off at the same time basically mm-hmm. create presets if you will gotcha um switch my amp with this thing um you know because when you're in a touring situation you're playing for an artist uh, a lot of times your your you know your sets are already put together you know whether it be an opening supporting act or your headliner mm-hmm. so what we were doing was super um, it was rinse and repeat stuff. We were either right. supporting actor headlining and we had sets that were pretty right. much the 306090. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I needed to be able to create presets so I wouldn't be, you know, Fred Astaire up on stage toe tapping everything. <laughs> right. You know, one button changes multiple effects either on or off, etc. Mm-hmm. And I designed it and built this thing myself and it took me uh, a lot of money and a yeah. lot of trial and error time yeah, time yeah. and a lot of trial and error to figure out what worked what didn't and you know it was quite uh you know i was super proud of it i got a lot of compliments on my tone you know people looked at it like wow that's a lot of stuff what in the heck is that and then after you know the gig they're like man that sounds great so right. Uh, took a lot of pride in that thing, man, you know, because um, I spent a lot of time uh, putting it together, you know, cabling it up, Velcroing it up, yep, you know, figuring out combinations of pedals that worked. Making it roadworthy. Exactly, making it roadworthy. So I finally made a decision based on some of my favorite artists were making the switch to these said Line 6 HX products. Mm-hmm. Um, started seeing some of the big headlining acts that we were opening up for using said Line 6 products, and that's it. Yeah. No amps, no pedal board, a Helix. Uh, at the time, I think the Helix came out in 2015. Okay. 20, no, 2014, I believe. Either 2014, 2015. And I remember we were doing a show with Parmalee. Mm-hmm. And the guitar player, his name's Josh, great guy. He was using a Axe Effects, mm-hmm. which is kind of an all-in-one one-stop shop. Amp cabinet modeling, all the effects. Had it rack mounted, and it sounded great. It sounded really good. Mm-hmm. We did another show with Parmalee with Joe Hall a year later. Okay. Thought that he had the same thing. Mm-hmm. He had a Helix, mm. and it sounded, to my ears, way better than the Axe Effects. And mm. I said, man, are you still using that Axe Effects? He's like, nope, it's all Helix. Mm. So he showed me, he walked me through some of his presets, showed me what he was using, and I said, that's pretty cool. I need it. I need it. Yeah. Take my money. Take um, my money. And the Helix going straight to the front of house. Okay. No amp, no monitoring cabinet on stage just the helix that's it Huge. i was i was almost so i was about 95 percent sold at that point the only thing that turned me off was just 
the uh, newness of the user interface, you know, mm-hmm. all the parameter tweaking, um, you know, because from a outside view, just from a quick view of him showing, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm ready to do all those knob tweaking and parameter parameter, excuse especially me, with all the the time you put into the yeah, I'm, I want to I want to reach down turn the level on the overdrive pedal either up or down mm-hmm. right you know i don't want to go in and have to change a high cut or a low cut filter or... yeah i wasn't ready for that right but sound quality wise it sounded amazing it mm-hmm. was super legit mm-hmm. um so that was kind of the first um realization that i'm this is probably what i need to do mm-hmm. um especially playing with joe we were doing all supporting act stuff it's all 45 minutes 60 minute sets get on get get on get off Mm -hmm. right and here i am showing up to these gigs with my massive pedal board pedal board and flight case yeah flight case two amplifiers yeah playing 45 minutes Mm. you're feeling the pressure totally feeling the pressure yeah i would say when I first started getting into, um, when I got my first praise and worship gig at the church that I play at, mm-hmm. that's what everybody uses is Helix. Yep. Helix or Helix what is, what is or, the other or, one? Or, or the um, the Axe Effects or the Kemper. The Kemper, yeah. Or yeah, that name uh, a lot. there's one more that I'm leaving off. But those are the main three, the Axe Effects, the Kemper, and the Line 6. Mm-hmm. And it just, it sounded amazing through the front of house. And... Here I am, showing up to play four or five praise and worship songs with a massive bell board. <laughs> it's like, I'm not in Bethel quite yet. Not quite. So it just made me reevaluate um, what, I'm, what I'm doing, who I'm really, truly playing for. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm playing for the song and the audience. I'm not playing for myself. Boy, yeah. that's, that's the whole topic we could go down right there. You know, and I think that that, you know, and it, it took me... <laughs> You know, twenty years of playing music professionally and semi-professionally to to come to that have that epitome. Yeah, it's like I'm not playing for me. Right. I'm playing for the song and I'm playing for the audience to enjoy the songs that we're playing. It's almost a um, just on that point. It's mm-hmm. almost a, uh, a really relaxing when I when I came across mm-hmm. that realization. Mm-hmm. It was really relaxing for me to go. Man, it was just like a I, whole weight is taken off your back, man. Yeah. Um, like, do I really need all these cymbals? No. Mm-mm. Do I really need to bring two snare drums with me? Do I really for need a reason? double kick pedal? Yeah, do I really need a double kick pedal? Eh, who's that for? Right. Right. You know? And I'm not... Listen, if your comfort zone is a double kick pedal, mm-hmm. that's your comfort zone. Right. I'm not poo-pooing that. If you want to bring a 100-watt Marshall and a 412 cabinet to your gig, uh, more power to you. Yeah. I mean, you know... You know, nothing is going to beat the sonic fidelity of that said 100-watt head Marshall. Yeah. However, the digital world, it gets close enough. Yeah. It's good enough for government work, as they say, around <laughs> yep. around here in the South. So um, so I decided um, last year, um, at the end of last year, probably in November of last year, I said, I'm, when the stomp came out, the HX stomp, it mm-hmm. came out. It was a... Helix, smaller footprint, super affordable. You know, right. the Helix is, I think it's 1600 bucks. Mm. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Right? That's a lot of money. Right. The HX Stomp was 600 bucks. Wow. And I got it on a Black Friday sale at mm. Guitar Center mm-hmm. for 500 bucks. Wow. And when I got that thing, it was a game changer. It, 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 it allowed me to have the confidence that once I got it programmed, and I will say, I will preface this, I spent a week with my HX stomp tweaking parameters, mm-hmm. loading impulse responses to figure out which ones I liked, which ones I didn't, which ones worked, which ones didn't, so on and so forth. Um, so if someone's going to get this thing, they need to... And you yeah, spend it's, some time with it. They, you really do. Now, they Line 6 um, advertise its plug-and-play, and some of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to be using this as a standalone unit, you're going to need to spend a good 
40-hour work week. Mm-hmm. Programming, tweaking. Um, because what I discovered was I'm trying to tweak this thing like my tube amp, mm. like an analog circuit, mm-hmm. right? Like an analog amplifier. And it doesn't work that way in the digital world. Yeah. Everything is ones and zeros, right? So there's a lot more, you have to put a lot more ingredients in the cake to make it taste like grandma's cake. Yeah. Right? So that good took, analogy. So that took me some time to um, figure out how to emulate, you know, compression of power tubes. Mm-hmm. How I emulate that in the digital ones and zeros world. Mm-hmm. So it took me about a week to tweak it. Took it to church. Finally got everything tweaked um, and took it to church to on its maiden voyage and it was amazing (laughs) it was awesome everybody the guy that had the helix uh, the other guitar player in the band it he was he was like wow that sounds just like my helix Mm -hmm. Um, so that made my decision to get rid of the pedal board the massive pedal board was the next thing yeah gotta go gotta go however um, the transition into the uh, pedal board was not as smooth as the amp and cabinet modeler, mm-hmm. or um, or the the stomp, I should say. So so the, so the, just to clarify, the pedal board went away to get the stomp. Correct. So no no, no I had the okay. big I still um, basically the HX stomp was going to be a replacement for my amp and cabinet. Okay. So the HX stomp, in theory, when I got it, was going to be my amp and cabinet on stage. Gotcha. So I'm going to run my huge pedal board through the HX stomp as if it was a head and cab gotcha. or a combo amp. Okay. So um, basically, that was my amplifier was so the, the HX stomp. So the effects is what we're moving to now. Correct. Gotcha. Um, and the reason why I, I had to do that is because the HX stomp only allows for up to six effects. Mm. Uh, the DSP power is cut in half. So the Helix has double the DSP power. So you can run up to, I think, 19 effects blocks in the Helix. Mm, okay. So when you're doing amp and cabinet uh, effects in the HX, they eat up a lot of DSP. So an amp and cab effect literally takes up two blocks. Mm-hmm. So in order for it to get the characteristics of a real tube amp, you had to have amp and cab. You have a, that takes up two blocks. Mm-hmm. You have to have an impulse response, which is critical to get that tone as close as you can to the tube amp. Is the impulse response, which, in a nutshell, an impulse response is a digital snapshot of a specific speaker cabinet. Okay. It could be any speaker cabinet in the world you basically record a digital snapshot of it mm-hmm. and you can load that in and your amp model is basically running through that simulated cabinet it basically that's the last step in getting that to 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 matching right. the amp the tube amp tone if you will right so that takes up a lot of dsp mm-hmm. putting compressor on there takes up DSP. So point being, by the time you do your amp and cab and your compression and your IR, your six blocks are they're toast. They're done. So there's no there's no more room for delay, reverb, all that stuff. Right. So that's why I kept my big pedal board because I already had all that. Right. There. You got all that there. It's all it's all there. I've got my I can store I can make presets on my little my, my loop stripper. Um and the loop stripper that I had had MIDI out, so I could tap into the MIDI on the HX Stomp and change, do program changes in that. So if I wanted to go from like a Marshall amp mm-hmm. to a Fender amp, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I would just have presets where it would be my my amp and cabinet model would be a Marshall, and then another preset, my amp and cabinet model would be a Fender. So if I'm gotcha. doing like country or type chicken picking stuff, I'll hit that Fender amp. Right. In cab model. And if I'm doing the rock stuff, it'll be on that Marshall. Sounds real convenient. Super convenient. 
However, the pedal board is it's heavy. Mm. It's super heavy. I mean, it's probably uh, it's probably about ninety pounds. I would say. Yeah, I remember. Super heavy. I remember that. Um, sounded great. Sounded great through the stomp. But I was like, man, I, this. I'm, I'm not. I'm done with this. I'm done with carrying all this stuff. So got on um, the interwebs and um, found out about the HX effects, mm-hmm. which was released um, at the Winter Nam the previous in 2018. So HX Stomp came out in the fall of 2018. Mm-hmm. HX effects was already out in January. Gotcha. But I didn't know about the HX effects. I was just hip to the helix and the stomp at that point. And I knew I wasn't about to drop 1500 bucks on, on the helix. So mm-hmm. the stomp came out and I was like, yep, I'm getting that. Okay. So I got that discovered about the HX effects, saw the footprint of it, uh, saw it had everything, every effect that the helix had. It just didn't have the amp and cabinet modeling. Mm-hmm. I was like, perfect. Perfect. Done. Get rid of this 90-pound pedal board. So that's what I did. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I went and got a uh, used HX effects. I traded in my massive pedal board um, towards the purchase of the secondhand HX effects. Okay. Got it home, had a bad USB port on it. Um, had to get it fixed. It was a defective unit. Um, so I was basically, while the HX effects was in the in the shop getting fixed, I had no pedals. Mm-hmm. I, be, I mean, I, I have a, I still, I've got a crap ton of analog pedals that mm-hmm. I've just collected over the years. So I was able to get through by just using HX Stomp and a few overdrive pedals. Thank God. But I had to go in and redo patches i had to kind of take some of the um some of the effects um some of the compression effects off so i could add in delay and reverb so i wouldn't need to bring in external effects but like i had to really get creative right which is super it it it, it limited my sonic palette mm-hmm. so at any rate i was super frustrated got the thing got it fixed um it took the technician took them about th- almost four weeks to fix it because they had to order the part, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And so you I traded had, in the big, big so pedal board to recap. The, you trade yeah. that in, you get it, you get a used piece of gear that isn't, isn't up to snuff. Right. No, no, no. Let me preface this by saying the actual unit itself worked flawlessly. Mm-hmm. But the problem is you're, if you can't, access the usb port you're not able to use the editing software nor mm-hmm. are you able to update the firmware mm-hmm. that comes out on said product which are super critical for these things because they're bug fixes yep like it was basically going to become a paperweight yeah so and you waited four weeks i waited four weeks to get it back mm-hmm. got it back i was like oh thank god so got it back plugged it in again still didn't work the usb port. the usb port did not work correct wow functioned properly except for the usb port so that's when i decided to call line six and uh line six was bought out by the yamaha music corporation mm-hmm. i believe a couple years ago mm-hmm. and previous to line six being bought out line six customer service was less to be desired mm. Um, however, I will say my experience with Line 6, now that Yamaha bought them, was awesome. Just amazing. That's great to hear. <laughs> so if any of you listeners out there are using Line 6 products and you have any kind of issue with it, I highly recommend that you go and set up a, if you've got a problem with your unit, go online to their website. Uh, you want to create what's called a support ticket. Mm-hmm. And they will either get back with you that day or the next day and start the process. So anyway, um, I was beyond pissed. Oh, so yeah. I I didn't I didn't have time to wait for a support ticket. I called them, mm-hmm. and so I called them on the phone, told them what was going on. They sent me out a brand new unit, man, which was super That's awesome. almost unheard of. I was I was floored. Um, I was almost in tears. I mean, literally, because I thought I was going to be stuck with this thing because I bought it used. Mm-hmm. 
So I um, got a new one sent out to me, but of course it took five days to get here because they're out in California. So got it, got the new one, and the USB port was not working on that one either. Oh my God. So at this point, I'm starting to question if this is... Everything. This is you're questioning everything. Everything. Yeah, my you're entire your existence. <laughs> Why am I breathing air at this point? I mean, I'm just like... And in the meantime, in tween time, dude, I'm, I've got gigs I've got yeah. to go to, right? Gigs I'm, don't stop. And, and I've had to piece together pedal boards. Uh, thank God for the HX Stomp. I mean, that thing is... If I didn't have that, I'd be screwed. Mm-hmm. I really would have been screwed because my whole plan of going direct to the front of house would have... It was just all, it was all for nothing. It was all in vain at that point. But that product, to me, is probably one of the most single pieces of guitar gear that has come out in the last 10 years, other than the Helix. That HX Stomp is a game changer for mm. working musicians, working guitar players, I should say. Yeah. It is the best $600 you will ever spend. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to do a gig with just that HX Stomp, I could do it no problem now because I've had it enough I know I know how to maximize my effects blocks as far mm-hmm. as EQing and compression and some little tricks and stuff I can do I can go out and do a gig with just that an auxiliary expression pedal a volume pedal and that's it and that's and, huge I mean especially again if you're you're you know you're doing those supporting act things right like you know walking out on stage and it's you know minimal gear you know yeah as I mean, a drummer I wish there were something like that. You yeah, know, like I mean, I it's, Chris, I can't bands. stress enough to you the fact of I was playing for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and I, and I see a lot of, uh, you know, there's a renaissance, uh, if you will, with, um, uh, you know, um, this digital amp modeling. It, when it first came out, like when the Pod series came out with mm-hmm, Line 6, mm-hmm. Everybody was kind of talking about it. You know, like, oh, man, have you heard the pod? Have you heard the pod? And it was like, yeah, it's all right. So it kind of went, mm, right. because it just didn't capture the, right. the the sonic integrity that analog amplifiers, tube amplifiers, right. were, were doing. So mm-hmm. it kind of didn't really live up to the hype mm-hmm. until, you know, Axe Effects came out, mm-hmm. Kemper came out, and the Helix came out. And it was just like, whoa, they've yeah. got their, they got, got it together. It. They've got it together. Right. You know, and it's just all DSP. It's all digital signal processing power. Mm-hmm. The technology has. It's caught it, up. It's caught up. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So um, to get back to the HX effects thing. So I'm the second one had to go right back. They sent me another one. Right. And so third me, one. <laughs> so the second one, I, the guy, uh, his name was, uh, what was his name? Uh, Kyle, the guy I talked to at line six, super nice guy. Um, I said, Kyle, I can't wait five days for you guys to put this thing on a John boat to send it up the <laughs> Mississippi river yeah. to catch a crop duster. I was like, I need this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I expect you guys to overnight me a working latest firmware updated HX effects. Right. And they did. Wow. And they sure did. That's that's huge. I mean, we should just pause for a minute and, and talk about that customer service. There aren't that too is, many companies that'll do these kind of things. No, no. Um, come to find out, they sent me the third one. Third one's a charm. Worked great. Come to find out, um, I think I had a problem with one of my computers. Oh, okay. Um, that might have been the culprit, too. Um, it was a faulty USB port on an old pc style laptop gotcha i would highly recommend if you have hx effects products to use them in a mac mm-hmm. or a really really good quality pc yeah um if you try to plug it into some windows 7 based mm. computer mm. no bueno no bueno you're gonna have it's not gonna speak well gotcha so um third one was a charm uh, got that thing on the board and literally, my life is awesome when I show up to a gig. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a Pedal Train Nano pedal board, which mm-hmm. is probably like, I don't know, maybe two feet by three feet. Mm-hmm. Probably two feet by two and a half feet. Super small, about the size of a cereal box. Mm-hmm. 
And that's it. I run straight to the front of the house. It takes me literally five minutes to set up and tear down. That's amazing. So, moral of the story? Moral of the story is um, figure out who you're doing your job for. Mm -hmm. My job was to back up artists, and my job was to play the songs that they had recorded Mm -hmm. and to get them as close to the recorded, as close to the recording as possible. Right. Also, be able to get in and out of a stage right quickly very important that's what i was trying to go for you know i'm older now i don't have the um i don't have the time or the energy to be schlepping all of this heavy ass gear especially if you're doing a lot of these outdoor gigs in july or august and it's Mm -hmm. 150 degrees outside amen and you're schlepping all this crap this was one of the exact reasons why I wanted to make the switch to all this digital stuff. Um, it's taken, it's been a, it's been a process. It's been arduous, but so far, so it's, it's, it's worth it. Um, you know, like I said, I still have analog stomp boxes that I've got, I've got a drawer full of, of pedals. And so if I need to just go out with the HX stomp and one or two pedals, that's what I do. Yeah. You know, I haven't brought a my amplifier on a gig since November. Man, that's cool. So um, it, it, it's, it's changed the game for me. However, I will say, make sure that you are getting a good, proper power supply to power <laughs> these said digital products. As, as John starts telling the front of this right now, I'm already, uh, I'm already starting to laugh a little bit, and he's going to... Uh, He's going to get into this story. So So, so we were playing a gig together. Yes, we were on a gig together, and uh, there was a venue, um, really nice, cool little bar um, venue that's just opened up in in a small town down here where we play at. And their power grid's not the greatest. Right. We're talking two prong? Oh, we're talking like a a one and a half prong. (laughs) So I had, um, I'm not going to uh, blast this guy's company but there's a guy who's on reverb.com mm-hmm. right we know what reverb is yeah, it's hopefully, the, hopefully everybody knows what reverb is um who has touted himself as a line six approved power supply dealer mm. there's, a, um, there's a lot of words to throw around right so um i normally don't do this i usually do my homework on stuff but i kind of just I read reviews on Reverb, and so I just kind of, I was like, F it. So I got a inexpensive power supply to power both my HX products. So um, your typical, you know, Voodoo Lab or um, whatever uh, power supply on the market, um, these things require a 1,000 milliamp 9-volt power. Right, which your which typically your power supply um, outputs are just nine volt, two hundred fifty milliamp. So there are companies that make said power supplies really, truly nice, isolated, transformed, grounded power supplies that will power the HX products. So we're talking clean power, right? Mm -hmm. So no matter if you show up to a venue that's power grid might not be the greatest there are fail safes inside the product that will protect the product yes but more importantly protect the user there you go keyword so (laughs) anyway so this particular guy who's on reverb that is selling his power supply for about 130 bucks uh anywhere well anywhere depending on how many outlets you get um, he makes some that that have two uh, HX uh, outputs that will power, you know, the stomp and the HX, or one will just have the output that has enough for one HX, and then he'll put like a couple of just standard nine volts. So if you got some analog pedals or mm-hmm. just basic stuff, it'll power that. Gotcha. So I'm like, holy crap, this thing's a hundred bucks. I says, I, I need this yeah. because, you know, I had sold my huge pedal board that had all the really nice power like I sold it all right it's gone so it's like perfect so I'm looking at this thing online I'm like man that looks really small to have 
transformers on all the on all of the uh, the outputs on the supplies and a little suspect. It just lo- it didn't look like a Voodoo Lab or a Strymon power supply mm-hmm. good quality. So I took a chance on it, hundred bucks. Right. Come to find out, the product was not as advertised. It was not grounded right. It was just not the. It wasn't the right thing for a touring working musician to power their really nice HX products. It, it did work. Right. It did power them. Mm-hmm. But it also um, electrocuted my ass. He's dead, Jim. Okay. It we're, get, sent, we're getting to the fun part of the story. So we're at the gig. Yep. It's hot. Yep. We're killing it. Mm-hmm. It's hot inside the club. I'm sweating. Yep. I go to um, hit a note. So I go to the microphone. I touch yep. the microphone, and I get 120 volts right in the mouth. Yes. And literally, I had to stop playing. My I felt my heart skip a beat. You know, like I, I just I got effing electrocuted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The whole pedal board powers down. Right. HX stomp is off. HX effects is off. And from my perspective, I was the only one. You guys were playing through monitors. Right. I was playing with in ears. Right. Because there's no and amps. The bass player he's going direct. I'm going yeah. direct. Yeah. You know, Joe had a small little combo amplifier on stage, but I mean, like, it's coming through the. You can't hear it. It's small small combo amp so how many times have we heard about stories like this like people getting electrocuted on stage it literally happens to john and i've got these inners in and he goes up to sing a backup part right Mm -hmm. he's about to sing Mm -hmm. and he gets electrocuted you want to talk about a strange sound in your ears is a human being 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 electrocuted electrocuted, right right through a microphone so and uh it changed the night for us just for a little while i mean it it really did i was once i got my wits about me Mm mm-hmm so what happened? What had happened? Um, I had had my foot on top of the uh, power supply because I couldn't mount it underneath the board the mm-hmm. way it was designed. Right. Crappy design. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no ground on this thing. It's a two-prong cable. Wow. No ground. No earth ground, as electricians would say. So I've got my foot on top of this death trap power supply. Yeah. I'm sweating profusely. We've got a awful power grid in this really, really nice, awesome up-and-coming club. I mean, it's really nice, but their power grid is not the cleanest. Right. And that's it. That's all it took. I created a ground loop mm-hmm. because that power supply is is hot garbage, mm-hmm. and it's not grounded. And it's, it's, so the system's bad. The power supply's not grounded. And I just... I get a hundred perfect storm. Yeah, perfect storm. I get 120 volts right through the mouth. Mm. So, um, do not go to Reverb and buy a one-off power supply that claims to power HX effects products and also claims that he's Line Six approved. Um, I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he isn't. All I'm telling you is, get a Voodoo Lab, a Strymon, or an MXR power supply. Um, and, uh, because those actually are built, um, properly, they have the right components, they're ground lifted. Mm-hmm. If that, if that same thing were to have happened now, I have a Strymon, mm-hmm. the R300 mm-hmm. power supply, which is a high quality power supply. They are fail safes inside that power supply that would not let that happen. Mm. So point of the story is. Get a good quality power supply because the wall warts that come with these HX products are super big and bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, one of the power supplies will take up a whole power strip. Goodness. It's just big, long, rectangular yeah. wall wart. Yeah. So um, can't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was uh, first thing I noticed that was going to be a problem was the was the power supply issue. So. Go get a good quality power supply for your HX products, but definitely look into them, guitar players. I mean, you know, it's it's a game changer for me, it really is. Yeah, and it nearly nearly could, killed it me. Been, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Um, but you know, just make sure that um, you know these things do draw a lot of milliamp, a lot of you know beyond the standard two hundred fifty milliamp. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to get you know a current doubler. 
um, that will increase the the, uh, the 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 current of the uh, output, but get a good quality power supply to pl- to power your HX effects. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> I'm glad you shared that story. Yeah, it was it was it was scary, man. That was the first time I've ever been electrocuted at a gig, and it was. Um, I don't ever want that to happen again. Right. Because it really ruined, it killed my whole. What I'm hearing everything. is, is there's, there's some areas where you can skimp on spending money. Yes. But definitely, I mean, that, that's something that you wouldn't even think about. You know, like for a drummer, that's like, make sure you, you buy really good cymbal felts mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like, but if those cymbal, cymbal felts were to fail, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, well, that's, that's really bad. That's really know? bad. You know, and so, I've, I've, I've heard some stories about guys that buy cheap drum thrones yeah. that break during a gig, yep. you know, and it's like, what do you do? You know, it's like, so it's the stuff that you don't see that normally gets you through the gig. It's the, un, the unsung heroes. Right. Yeah. And you know, I've never had to worry about being electrocuted from pedals before because I used really, I was using Voodoo Lab power supplies and you can go on the internet and figure out, um, they'll give you a description of how they make them and you know, it's, they're built the way that they're, they're, they're built right. They're right. built to give you efficient, clean power. Not death shots. Not, not 120 volts in the mouth. <laughs> so. Get Fiddles and Paradiddles will always be available for free, but we rely on our donations from our listeners. Please visit our website at getfiddlesandparadiddles.fireside.fm and click on the donate button. Subscribe to our show on iTunes, and if you enjoy what you hear, give us a review. Well, guys, we're going to move on. Um, we uh, let's talk about the the, the what makes uh, what's our song of the the week? What yes. Makes, what makes that song great? We hope you guys are liking the new segment. Um, yeah, we're going to start bringing this at you a little more because we think that uh, we've been getting good feedback. Yeah, about it, yeah, you know? absolutely. So, and I think it's it's good to highlight music, no matter if it's a decade or a band mm-hmm. or a genre, whatever mm-hmm. we want to call it. It's really cool to highlight, you know, what makes a song or a band or an album mm-hmm. or maybe we'll even dig into a, a box set sure well, you don't yeah. ever know we're we yeah. might we're crazy like that crazy but yeah like we that. definitely um you know i think we're kind of in the in the 80s right now just because there's just so much good music to pick yeah. from in yeah. that era we've had conversations about how the pop music of the 80s some of it of the 90s uh-huh. but we'll definitely say the 80s was just high quality it was superb so we're gonna stay within the 80s here and uh we have a song um this week that i have a lot of memories about and i'll get mm-hmm. into that but but john tell us what our what our song is this so week. our song of the week this week is going to be throwing it all away by genesis genesis so let me just give you a little quick give us a little backstory quick. so genesis if you don't know the band um was around for a very very long time yes and, and was the band that phil collins was in mm-hmm. right so obviously a lot of you probably know the name phil collins if you don't please look him up mm-hmm. um i would start as a listener i would start with phil collins yes. and then work my way down yeah into i agree you know, with that in, into genesis yeah um early genesis was well peter gabriel was frontman for genesis for right. quite some time right he left to do solo peter gabriel mm-hmm. and phil collins said i got this right and so phil collins was the drummer correct the entire time through mm-hmm. um but early genesis was kind of progressive rock in i would, way, yeah, I would say that yeah I would say really so. cool stuff honestly mm-hmm. i was yeah i was exposed to phil collins through that my, right my dad was into that kind of stuff the yes, yes the rush mm-hmm. You know, so Genesis was there. You know, yep. I, I heard it. Yep. Um, and, and was immediately hooked. I mean, obviously Phil Collins' voice is so pure and uh, it, it's, memorable. He, and, he's in the pantheon of singers, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, um, for sure. Yeah. So this song is is very special. Um, a lot of it has to do with the lyrical content. Yeah, it. and 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 once again, another um, kind of. Um, highlight of pop songs during the 80s is you've got quality musicians mm-hmm. musicianship mm-hmm. and deep lyrics deep lyrics in a three-minute radio pop song right and what's interesting uh to me and john we actually had to dig into this a little yeah, bit yeah we did we had to do some so if you read the lyrics and if you know a little bit about phil collins he went through a nasty divorce yes and there are several songs, even some very up-tempo songs that he took forward into his solo career mm-hmm. um, that are about this divorce. Right. And this one, apparently, you know, you, you get online and be careful what you read. Yes, um, indeed. indeed. Uh, a lot of people will say, oh, this is about Phil Collins' divorce. Maybe it was. 
but John and I, we wanted to be sure we present accurate information. So yeah, the to person, the best of our, our, our means. Right. So the guy that actually wrote this song, literally wrote the lyrics, um, is, is the guitar player, Mike Rutherford. Yep. Mr. Um, Mike. So... Uh, and there's a, a couple articles out there that say that he was responsible for the ones that were more of the catchy pop songs. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. the guitar player. Yeah. The guitar Land of player. Confusion. John. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, for me, um, I, that's what, that, that's why I'm a sucker for pop music is because when you're able to marry musicianship, good lyrics, and a badass singer. Yeah. That's it, man. That's, I'm all, that's all you need. I'm yeah. hooked. I'm sign me up. Yep. Um, so obviously, for me being a guitar player, the guitar riff. Yeah, that opening is, guitar riff. It's, I mean, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as soon as you hear, you know, Van Halen mm-hmm. eruption or Jimi Hendrix, you read out. There's certain things that when you hear a riff, you know exactly who it is, what song. I mean, that. So this song has that one of those quote unquote riffs, iconic riffs. It's not a shredder kind of lick, yeah. but it's just so tasteful and it lays the foundation for the lyrical content mm-hmm. because um, in, in a melodic sense, it's not, it doesn't sound really sad, mm-hmm. if you will. The mm-hmm. riff itself is mm-hmm. just kind of pockety, right, right? right? It doesn't make you feel happy doesn't make you you don't really know what's coming it's just like wow that's a really good riff you know what i mean yeah so you juxtapose that neutral sounding riff with some really deep heavy lyrics right and those lyrics are i mean even if you were if if you didn't know the song if you just read the lyrics right if you do read the lyrics there never appears to be anything that's a chorus no. Right? Like this song builds and builds and builds and builds to almost nothing. Like yep. there is no chorus. Yep. And that's kind of the awesome mystery of the Isn't song. Isn't that great? It tells an incredible story. If anyone's ever been through a super hard relationship mm-hmm. or a divorce or mm-hmm. anything like that, um, from front to back, it tells a story that you can connect with. Definitely. You know, um, you know, and I mean, you can even, it can go beyond, you know, a breakup. It can be like losing a friend or, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, just some sort of, of, of something that passed you by that could have been something. Right. That kind of what if. Right. You know what I mean? So beyond, uh, you know, that, um, it not having a chorus necessarily, I mean, what, yeah. You don't, I don't think I can name a pop song out right now that doesn't have a hook or a chorus. Or even like, let's just say we stayed in the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. could you could you pick another one out of the 80s that doesn't have I a mean, chorus? That, like, you know, there, there's you know? your homework, listeners. Yeah. Send us, if you have any of these songs that don't have a chorus that were a hit song, send it to us because I I'd, I'd really would like to know. I'd have to think about it, but... Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I don't, I can't think of it off the top of my head. And that's what makes it so powerful mm-hmm. is because you've got no chorus. You've got a neutral, emotional, invoke, evoking riff mm-hmm. and these really powerful lyrics. I mean, that's like, well, this just sprung in my mind. This kind of also, because there isn't a chorus mm-hmm. and because the song is so memorable, I mean, you hear it one time and you're, it's stuck in your head, yep. but i tell you what's stuck in your head is the guitar part. Yep. That intro guitar part is mm-hmm. what anchors that song. Yep. And so maybe, you know, this is just me riffing here. Maybe if you have a really strong guitar part, you don't need a chorus. If you have really strong lyrical content, you don't need a chorus. Yep. Something to think about. Yeah, and, and, and that just gets around to songwriting savviness. Mm-hmm. Knowing those little tips and tricks, you know, I'm sure he used those techniques when he was crafting that song, when he was writing the lyrics. I bet... As he went along, he's like, I don't need a chorus. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe they tried to force one. They're like, right. that song needs a chorus. Yeah, and, and maybe it just but, didn't yeah. work. Like, but well, but it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it. that's it, man. I mean, you it, it either starts with a good melody or a guitar riff. Mm-hmm. For sure. Nine times out of ten. So check out Throwing It All Away by Genesis. Just pick up that album. Pick so up, it's on I an mean, album called Invisible Touch. You cannot oh, yeah. go wrong. No, just a super, super iconic record. Um 
definitely do yourself a favor and go get it if you don't have it. Go get it. Well, John, I've uh, I've enjoyed this this episode. Yes. I hope everyone else has too. So yeah, it's so, been uh, fun reliving my uh, near death experience yeah, on yeah, the stage. Yeah. Um, and you're, and you're, I want to give a shout out to Line Six Customer Service. Um, I can't thank those guys enough for for making me whole. Mm-hmm. Um, they really went above and beyond everything I was expecting them to do. So. Um, Go drop that money on yep. that line six stuff. It's yep. it's good stuff. It really yep. is. Well, guys, we're going to get out of here. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Give us some feedback. Uh, please uh, hit up iTunes and, yes. and leave us a review. Even if it's a, a one-star review, we'll take it. Yeah. We like please, it. please give us reviews. We yep. definitely appreciate it. Helps us out a lot. Indeed. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you all next week. We out.